Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this New Moon Meditation meeting from the Lucis Trust in New York. It's our pleasure to offer this meeting and to welcome you to this um, group focus. It really is a group focus. We're doing it every new moon, and it's a joy to be together doing this work. Um, what's going to happen this evening is I'll um, introduce the, uh, give a brief talk, well, when I say brief, around 10, but over 10 minute talk on the theme of local, global and universal reflections on the soul of the nations in the light of Leo and in the light of the crisis of the pandemic. Then we'll do the main sort of work, which is the main task of this group, using the meditation, strengthening the hands of the new group of world servers. And we'll follow this with a discussion um, when you can share comments in the chat, or you can also raise your hand and we can turn your camera on and um, we can have a discussion. So let's begin by sounding together the 12 o'clock noontime um, recollection. Just take a moment to focus our minds Align with the soul and with the group work. I know a Lord of life and love about the need. Touch my heart anew with love that I too may love and give. Thank you. So in Alice Bailey's book on esoteric astrology, there's a rather interesting comment that Leo is often described as the battlefield of the forces of materialism and the forces of light. This idea of a battle between these archetypal forces is, of course, nothing new. It's not surprising. But what's interesting is the suggestion that the battle is all about Leo. It's about how we view the I, individual identity. Who am I? And that's an interesting way to, to frame the cultural debates raging around the world right now. The quote suggests that the personal self's overstimulated desire for material objectives, you know, the materialistic spirit that's such a force in the world in these early decades of the 21st century. The idea is that this overstimulated desire for material objectives is locked into a battle with what's becoming an increasingly strong and well-developed vision for the good of the whole. The higher vision Bailey suggests reflects and is empowered by those who are sensitive to world conditions and who have attained a measure of freedom from desire. But if we live in a complex world, the path of right and wrong isn't so simple and clear. And so 
it's not straightforward and it's not a question of judging others because we need to be care. The language of the higher vision can be reduced to slogans and superficial memes that have the effect of stimulating the desire for material goods and the spirit of separation. We see this all the time in so much of what's advertising. In a sense, the issue relates to freedom. Freedom as it is seen from the soul's perspective with its push to be liberated from lower desires and the glamours that flow from a sense of separation. And the freedom that's seen from the perspective of the personality, such different approaches to freedom. And each of us is asked to ponder the role that the higher vision of wholeness and oneness should rightly play in a world that remains heavily impulsed by forces of separation. And yet, that has been increasingly flooded with Aquarian forces. So this year, there are two full moons in Leo and this new moon, one new moon. So it's a pretty interesting time to be looking at Leo and few would doubt that there's something of a battle going on. It's especially evident in the response to the hazards of living in an increasingly interdependent world and particularly the hazard of the coronavirus pandemic with its global dimension. We could equally mention the hazard of climate change. The pandemic has become a touchstone for battles of ideologies, ideas, opinions, fears, and competing visions for future possibilities. Peoples, governments, science, the entire field of science, healers of all shades, businesses large and small, UN agencies and the entire human community, all are playing key roles in this battle. And people of intelligent goodwill in all the fields are experimenting, doing what they can to develop responses to the pandemic that are appropriate to its enormously high death rates and to the economic suffering that people are facing and to think through what is best for the greater good as well as what is best for individuals, families, children, minorities, and so on. The pandemic is not something that we can turn our backs on, hence the division. In observing these battles and seeking to identify the actions of the forces of light, one of the most helpful things, I think, particularly during this new moon period, is to train our minds to focus on those thinkers and actors who we assess to be working particularly with the energy of goodwill. And I think one of the ways of framing this is to look at those who largely refrain from criticism or vilification of those who they judge to be the enemy whose primary concern is the common good and who seek to clarify and communicate principles of the new, principles and laws and truth. Esoteric students are trained to consider nations as psychological entities, group beings with soul and personality, beings that each one of us is a part of each nation with its own dharma to contribute to humanity's passage into a wholly new era. 
But what do we mean by a nation's soul and its personality? There can be a tendency to think of it as if the soul is all about the highest qualities, while the personality embodies the glamours and illusions to be redeemed. And of course, there's a certain truth for this. But another way of looking at it is to think of the personality of the nation in terms of its more outer characteristics, introvert and extrovert, for example, efficient or entrepreneurial, and so on. The soul can be thought of as the vision that has guided the nation through critical periods in its history and the principles enshrined in key national documents, constitutions, declarations, and so on. We can also look to the deeper, more mythical association that the nation has with traits of national birds or animals, the symbology of a national flag, or the timeless rituals that characterize national times of mourning or celebration, and with ways in which important national holidays are observed. I also always love um, the Olympics, and this time because of the strange um, way in which the Olympics have been held, I haven't really focused on it, but normally to see the ritual that a country chooses to present to the world at the opening ceremony of the Olympic Games. Um, because often these images are images drawn from the soul of the country and the way in which the country particularly sees what it has to offer to the world. Drawing on the teachings in the books by Sri Aurobindo and to a lesser extent, Rudolf Steiner, the German writer Wolfgang Oros has recently published an interesting book on this subject. It's called The Soul of Nations, Healing and Evolution. Um, you can find the book if you on Amazon or if you Google it. It explores those aspects of the national life which serve to unite often diverse groups into one sense of national belonging. The relationship between a nation's soul and personality draws out particular problems running through the country's history, key issues where soul vision is in conflict with the social, political, and economic life of the nation. These problems are really important because they offer the growing points of the national story, and they illustrate the evolutionary path in the nation and how it can be looked at in terms of the soul personality dynamic. So in the US, for example, one of the key points of tension throughout modern history, recent history, is around race relations and minorities. The vision of all people being created equal and endowed with unalienable rights, including the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, or the four freedoms famously espoused by President Roosevelt, is at the core of the sole identity of the US. And when this vision interacts with the intense divide between wealth and poverty, or between the economic, education, health environment of different ethnic groups or um, immigrant groups, there's a natural struggle between soul and personality. And it's a struggle that's used by forces of light um, on the side of this, reinforcing all that can be seen that's working for the soul and by forces of materialism that are seeking to strengthen the forces of personality. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, by the way, there's a copy of, for anyone who wants a transcript of this talk, um, in the in the chat in the chat box, which you can see in the chat box. In Leo, 
we can reflect on the relationship between the personal identity of the nation and the soul identity, looking especially at the ways in which this is playing out in the relations between the nations and the impact that the hazard of the pandemic is playing in this relationship. UN Sustainable Development Goals, to my mind, provide a really good way to assess this soul personality dynamic in humanity's path towards um, greater wholeness. There are a number of reasons for this. First, the goals were universally agreed by all the governments of the world in 2015. Now, that in today's world, that's a remarkable achievement. It's really almost impossible in the current political environment. It wouldn't be possible. Secondly, a key element motivating governments to agree to the 17 goals was the fact that there was more involvement by people um, and by groups and all sorts of stakeholders um, in defining these goals than has ever happened before in any other international negotiation more opportunity for people to express their opinions and in various places, particularly in a couple of places where popular opinion, as it was expressed um, through the channels that the UN set up, actually did change the way in which the goals were framed. Thirdly, and perhaps most importantly, why to me the SDGs provide a good example of the sole personality dynamic, um, is that the goals are careful to leave each nation free to identify its own way to achieve the goal. In other words, it's a real thing of synthesis, um, allowing each nation to find its way, because it accepts that different countries have completely different governance structures and ideologies. There are democracies, monarchies, theocracies, there's one party rule and so on. And there are also different economic systems capitalist, democratic, socialist, communist, and so on. And it would be completely just idealistic and in a world of fantasy, not to acknowledge that this is the way the world is. Yet each of these systems, each of these approaches to government and each economic system, each nation has agreed to work within their existing system to find their own way of achieving the goals. And these goals bring the principles and ideas underlying the four freedoms, the UN Charter, and the Declaration of Human Rights into focused policies and actions, working together within each nation to, for example, end hunger and poverty, to ensure that quality education and good health care is available to all in every nation, to ensure that all have access to clean water and sanitation, healthy oceans and nutritious food. These are all goals that every community can be engaged with, wherever its ideology. And the idea is that people, governments, businesses, stakeholders in every nation become willfully involved in moving towards these goals and towards meeting specific targets by the year 2030. It's a sort of, to me, it's a very clever way of structuring the energy of will in the human family um, towards meeting certain goals that are clearly in line with 
the our esoteric understanding of the plan and of the potential, the higher potential for an Aquarian age. The annual high-level political forum at the UN is a way of organizing international relations to ensure that the goals are kept in the focus of governments, social movements, civil servants, academics, businesses, and so on. And this year's forum was held last month in July, early in July. Um, and not surprisingly, the focus of the um, high-level forum was the pandemic and discussions and negotiations all centered around the theme, sustainable and resilient recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic that promotes the economic, social, and environmental dimensions of sustainable development, building an inclusive and effective path for the achievement of the 2030 agenda in the context of the decade of action and delivery for sustainable development. In other words, this is an approach that encourages all approaches to government to think through ways in which the crisis of COVID can spark a deepening of and, and, a, and a speeding up of the path towards sustainable development. And it suggests to me that there's a momentum towards what Alice Bailey has referred to as rebuilding the shrine of human living with principles of right relations at the heart of the rebuilding. And this is surely something that each of us can be a part of. And beyond this, if we think of the new moon in Leo and of the soul of the nations and the light of Leo during this crisis of pandemic, it's important that we bring to mind, particularly in the meditation work, this idea of refinding a sense of the sacred, refinding a sense of the sacred in the definition of self, of who am I, of this deeper soul realm of self and identity, which then reaches out to a deeper sense of the purpose of a nation, of a group of peoples um, who have a history, a shared history and a shared future. This idea of a nation's soul. To strengthen the idea that that soul exists in the realm of the kingdom of hierarchy, the kingdom of higher light, a transcendent force held before the nation as a possibility. And so friends, with those few thoughts, let's move into the meditation, strengthening the hands of the new group of world servants. So 
Grip Fusion. I am one with my group brothers and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We stand recognizing our place as a group within the heart center of the group of world servants. And mentally extend a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy the planetary heart center. We take that line of light directly to the Christ, the heart of love within the hierarchy. And through the Christ toward Shambhala, the will of God is known. the higher interlude. Hold the mind focused on the planetary role of the group of world servants, mediating between hierarchy and humanity, responding to hierarchical impression and meditating the plan into existence.
meditation. Reflect on the seed thought through the, through the impression and expression of certain great ideas. Humanity must be brought to the understanding of the fundamental ideals which will govern the new age. This is the major task of the group of world servers. Precipitation. Visualize the precipitation of the will to good, essential love throughout the planet. From Shambhala, through the planetary heart, the hierarchy, through the Christ, the group of world servers, through all men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world. And finally, through the hearts and minds of the entire human family.
the lower interlude. Consider all the ways in which the power of the one life and the love of the one soul are working out in the world through members of the group of world servers and in the process building the thought form of solution to world problems. Distribution. We sound the great invocation together, visualizing the irradiation of human consciousness with light and love and power. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known. Let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth.
So thank you, friends. Thank you for that piece of work together in these challenging times. So we have some questions as a suggested way to enter into the conversation. Thanks, Daniel. Let's go, Daniel, if you can go down to the next slide. Um, with the questions. Okay. Um, sorry, I have to call these up. They're not on the site. Daniel, can you get the slide up with the questions, please? Yes, I just had need to make some changes. <laughs> okay. Hold on a second. Okay, let me see what we have in the chat. Linda says, in this time, we can see that not only each nation is dealing with the, cross, the crisis, it's a crossroad for the whole of humanity. It certainly is. And um, the way we can participate in that and observe it with love, but with full realization of the intensity of this crossroad really must be significant, you know, and almost every human being is challenged to find a way of moving past the critical mind, past the world of opinions, um, to see some deeper meaning. So how do we understand the thought form that's under construction of events like the high level forum? What ideas, in other words, are carrying the energy of the plan and impacting on nations and peoples? What, I, what are some of the key ideas and principles that we can see are really shaking human consciousness, really stirring things and getting people to think for themselves and encouraging people to think in a deeper way. That's a question would be good to hear what folks think. And, there, and Linda asks, is there any relationship in, 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 is there any relationship in an esoteric sense 
between the time frame of 2021 to 2025 to 2030? Well, these questions about time, the 2030 goal um, is clearly a goal that was agreed at in time and space. It's in the world of time and space. It's come through government negotiations um, and it provides a good timeline. My guess is that from the perspective of hierarchy, um, there would clearly be significance because simply because the, just the, the, the if it's a word, but the figure 20, 2030 is a figure that's hugely electric in um, terms of the human will um, and in terms of almost a higher desire, a, a, an ideal um, of what's possibly can be achieved. Uh, it's also, we can see that it, there's, a, there's a danger that it's as an ideal, there's a danger of despair and disappointment from what is not achieved. Whereas another perspective would see that what really matters is just that this movement, using that as a goal, can see movement within time and space. It doesn't matter so much if the, if the big um, agenda is not fully achieved. Each nation, Matthew comments, needs to manifest its highest values and ideals, which the people in those nations will recognize. That's true. And that's, that's exactly, Matthew, exactly. That's what it's all about. And I guess all of us are involved in that effort. And also one of the things that to me, this coronavirus the pandemic reveals is that we need to think more deeply um, past just our automatic assumptions to how and where those values and ideals are beginning to be reflected in our communities. What, what are the models? Where do we see realistic steps forward? And there's so many of them. Um, and it depends how we look and where we look. Thank you, Jenny, for your kind comments. Chris comments that concerning the USA, perhaps moving to some degree from sixth to second ray, um, sole purpose. And I guess we can see that. Um, I wonder if folk, people would like to comment on where they can see, say, in the US, where they can see second race soul in terms of purpose and will, um, evidence of it manifesting in the nation. And of course, different people would choose different because some of us will be from a conservative background, some will be from a progressive background. But what matters is that whatever our background, that we identify these, um, these principles, the, the, a deeper second race soul purpose coming through the the nation of the USA. Lois comments, um, it feels that the element of fire is expressing itself strongly. Yes, the earth is on fire destruction to make way for the new. 
uh, all of us vibrating at a slightly faster speed in response. Yes, the higher fires and the lower fires, all are present. And so I guess the, for each of us, the question to see is, are we lifting those fires to higher fires, the soul fires, the fires that bring an attractiveness to vision and a magnetism to the higher, helping the personality, helping each one of us, but also the personality of the nation to freely choose, to freely choose the path of higher vision. Thank you for these comments. Catherine, seeing movement in time and space can be helpful to seeing the working out of the plan in many, many areas. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we're so used to time and space. We're so used to things being, you know, same old. <laughs> um, status quo, unchanging. And yet when we see that time and space and the structure of the way we organize our national lives and our international lives can change and they can change rather dramatically. Um, that not only gives us hope, it gives us a sense of something that we're working towards and we can stand strong at the center as we move to move forward into a deeper understanding. Gary says he sees the second ray expressing in the USA when there's a crisis within the nation and a worldwide, a great outpouring of giving and sacrifice when this crisis occurs. Well, there's no doubt that um, USA and certainly around the world that has been one of the characteristics of this pandemic, the response to the pandemic has been this outpouring of second ray and sort of intelligent second ray, quite surprisingly intelligent second ray to my way of thinking, support for recognition of and support for healthcare workers, but also recognition and acknowledgement of sacrifice amongst people of what are usually thought of as rather lowly positions, working in a, um, working in a supermarket, but where the number of stories and the narratives that have been told of people who've consciously almost sacrificed um, their own health and worries about the health of the family in order to go to work to provide a service that's needed, you know, in a, in a, in a desperate time. That's an incredible expression of this sort of second-rate quality which you certainly see in, in this nation of the USA and in different nations in other, in other ways. Violet comments, the indication of nations exercising responsibility and cooperation towards solving global problems. Absolutely. I mean, I, to me, Violet, that's the, that's the key thing that we're seeing. Um, a willingness to sacrifice even internal political 
in politics, it always interests me when you see either a leader or a country do something that involves a measure of political sacrifice because it involves a measure of it may be something that might be a little unpopular within one's own country, politically unpopular, and yet you see that it's guided by a principle. And that, to me, is always terrifically powerful. And it often can lift a country into pride about the, the, the country's following principles. Um, and that's a good sense of national pride. Nicole comments, lots of division between the soul conscious and the blinded. There's much fear being pushed onto the people. The soul is able to heal itself through spiritual practice. The destruction going on now will pave the way for recognition of God and their soul. Absolutely. Of course, one of the issues in that, Nicole, is that is the way we assess the soul conscious and the blind. And it's, it's a discriminative thing all of us are faced to off, always do. And often the difficulty is that those who have a different opinion from ourselves are automatically seen as, you know, the blind. And of course, if we listen and stand, we sometimes, not always, sometimes find um, that we really do sense the sense of the soul of the other. Um, and that can help to deepen our own way we think through what's right action. Lois comments that helpful about fire and the US despite all odds and tricks of ultra materialism, <laughs> we won. Those who don't want separation won. It felt like a miracle. George Floyd sacrificed himself for this. Yes, and I think there's a deeper... Um, to me, there's a, the, 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 the fire is also a deeper um, sense that encourages people to think more deeply so that there are like this conflict and people identify with each side. And there's sometimes... Um, you know, serious protests and what happened with the um, Black Lives Matter movement. And that's all a part of change. And at the same time, something similar is happening in those who are really trying to think through um, goodwill, who are really trying to think through where do I see goodwill in the community? Where do I see um, evidence of efforts to ensure that Black Lives Matter, Indigenous Lives Matter, Disabled Lives Matter, every life matters. Where do we see that in education? Where do we see that? Whether there's a real push for respect for all lives, um, which really comes from individuals and comes from individuals in positions of government and police in, in, in all areas, it's individual consciousness. 
a question um, we have here. We have another 10 minutes around. This is, uh, thank you for this. It's, it's good to, um, it's good to talk. Um, another question, name one way in which the sense of self, being a higher self, has, has in your understanding been, um, been empowered during the pandemic? Violet says, many nations are observing and learning from the crises of division that the United States is enduring. That's true. The clear issues of materialism and racial divide are rearing their ugly heads. Thus, we all learn. You're right, Violet. Although to me, these like materialism and racial divide, I guess they are ugly heads, but I also welcome the fact that these heads are revealing themselves because it's not as if they're so new. They've, if we, if we take a look at the teachings, if we look at this country, um, the issues of materialism and racial divide have been at the heart of the sort of the the tension out of which this country can grow, can grow spiritually. Um, and it's only as people of goodwill are able to look at that divide with clear eyes and look at how they really see energy going to bring about equal opportunities to all. Energy is going to bring about a multitude of different approaches to education that really ensure that those from deprived families, that the children are provided with environments that are rich enough to set them well on the path forward through their lives. Because that's one of the one of the great divide, the wealth gap divide, is the way in which it affects education, the resources um, that that are available to children of relative wealth, um, as against resources available to children of relative poverty. Uh, that's it's a global issue. But and so that when as a community gradually decides that that's an issue that really gets people. And people want to be invested in it in some way. Part of it will be with sort of politics, but there's a much deeper side to the profession as a young person I choose to go into, the speciality that I choose, um, the way in which I study, the, the, the way in which the, the ideas of where we could be really live within my heart and mind. Michelle, the working out of crisis, absolutely. Crisis, tension, and emergence. It's all there. Crisis followed by tension, which is as a positive, you know, the tension of a, of a string, a violin string on a musical instrument when it's right tension. And this leading to emergence. And then a new stage of crisis, tension, and emergence. Charles. It seems that we're at a crossroads in many countries, absolutely, between authority and our own conscience, between subordination to tradition 
and a freedom to choose anew a life of responsibility and meaning based on something greater than ourselves. The Tibetan made this point decades ago, but it appears we're at a possible turning point, even a crisis, moving from selfishness and materialism and care for others and a more spiritual understanding. Oh, that's beautiful, Charles. I, that's, that really captures how I see what's happening. And of course, it's not something that we're going to be able to say, oh, it's happened, because it's deep. It's process. And just as we know in our own spiritual development, we don't suddenly um, things things take time to move through, maybe a lifetime, maybe as a series of lifetimes. Then we take control, then we start to exert will, building up to a point which ultimately is, is an initiatory point. Um, Catherine refers us to Linanga um, in pandemic. Catherine, maybe you'd like to say more of that about that. Gary, the pandemic has inspired the soul to discriminate and prioritize that which is most essential, beautiful, and let go of that which is superficial or materialistic. This new form of subjective tension may increase a sense of meaning and purpose within one's life and possibly in other lives. That's, that's how it's, I, I certainly agree with that, Gary. And I think also that out of this tension, something much um, of a sort of transcendent level is also um, taking place in terms of people are pushed to with this question, what is true? What is good? What is beautiful? Who can I trust? What can I trust? And those are questions, they're Leo questions that lead into who am I? And then to this sort of confrontation with, and, 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 and conversation, I guess, with the soul. Um, and so we can look for whole new understandings of the sacred. Catherine, thank you. From Linanga's poem, Pandemic, know that our lives are in one another's hands. Surely that has come clear. Do not reach out your hands. Reach out your heart. Reach out your words. Reach out all the tendrils of compassion that move invisibly where we cannot touch. That's it. And reach out that compassion from the esoteric sense. It's not just, it's not so much intelligent goodwill as the reach out your heart from a space of the heart and the head. Reach out all the tendrils of compassion that move invisibly and move from the soul, from that detached love that stands with the human, with humanity. 
I think, thank you everybody. Thank you so much for these thoughts. That to me is good new moon work. <laughs> thank you everybody. Um, the next um, upcoming meetings, the next Leo meeting, holding this this energy of Leo, it really means something that um, you know we have two Leo full moons. So the second Leo festival, the Zoom broadcast meeting will be Saturday, August the twenty first at three p.m. Eastern Daylight Time from New York. Um, then the next, the Virgo New Moon meeting, Tuesday, September the 7th, 6 p.m. And the Virgo meeting, then September the 20th. You can find the dates and everything um, for these on the website, lucistrust.org slash full moon. Um, and in fact, if you go to that page, lucistrust.org slash full moon, that should give you all of the information you need um, on the full moon, the new moon, the moon charts, the meetings, the dates, and the sort of background ideas and the thinking and the meditation forms that we're working with. So bless you, friends. Um, thank you. And we'll be together again as a group on the for the Leo full moon meeting. Goodbye.